Anne is something someone would say if you're from the south of the Netherlands asking, how are you doing? If you say that anywhere else, no one will know what you're <laughs> saying. But this is Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen, Mark, and Gerald. And today we are actually returning from a holiday, so we need to catch up on all the news and all the things that have been going on the past few weeks. So let's get started. So before we do that, Mark, mm-hmm. this little spy cam that I have installed in your garden has t- taught me something new, that there's something driving around in your garden well, automatically. Yeah, well, it's something new. It's something old because I got it inherited for a few beers. And uh, so, wow. so it's, not, it's not the newest model, but I got myself a new gadget for the garden, a lawnmower, a robot lawnmower who's uh, today, the first time, as we actually are recording, he's making his circles, and uh, he seems not to be very impressed with how I laid down the wire, which is like the fence that it has to stay in, because it starts, it cut it up like twice already. So um, I think uh, wise words, people, if you ever lie down that wire, make sure you tuck it all the way down to the ground everywhere and don't spare on those pins that you put down. You could also dig it into the the earth but i mean i'm just too lazy for that um so i mean obviously this this is a big job with those five football pitches of garden that you have yeah, yeah. but don't forget like the forest. where where does this thing leave all the all the grass it cuts off does it does it store that somewhere or just poop it out in the back or i, I don't know how these things well, work i so, so the, the thing is like when you cut grass actually and you would cut it like really often you don't have to collect the grass into a bag and then throw it away but if you chop it like really finely it will just then fall to the floor and it will enhance the growth of the grass even further so it does not have a bag it doesn't have any dumping station like you might need with a vacuum cleaner that is maybe moving around your homes so you don't need that but uh i definitely could have been a bit less lazy and made one more cut before letting out the robolo more because right now uh there's a lot of grass everywhere <laughs> lying around while he's it's doing his job pooping out all the grass everywhere yeah that's that's fun okay okay yeah, yeah but I can, well i definitely i can definitely recommend it i mean it's like it's you, it's like washing a Roomba. I don't know if you've got a Roomba, but it's not. It doesn't really have any patterns how you do it. So it doesn't drive in straight lines. It just zigzags around the house. So pretty much like a Roomba. Maybe the more advanced ones, they've got a, few, a bit more AI and cameras in there to make the steering. Uh, so you, you, right now, I got like some patches of grass that are higher than the rest of it because he didn't yet manage to drive over there. But the good thing is that if you got a robo lawnmower, since it just comes from every direction, you will no longer have any lines in your grass as when you do it by hand. So it's like it's like being lazy. It's better for your grass. It's yeah. I mean, what do you want more? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I might not have enough grass to warrant such a purchase. <laughs> um, no, no, you do not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. We do have some, but it's. Uh, it's enough to play a small game of soccer with the little one, but that's about it. Um, and I kind of ruined it. So, I mean, I decided I don't like ants. 
Mm. So I decided to exterminate them in a rather a invasive fashion. Yeah, with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of. Boiling water and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Ah. No, it, it was quite the infestation. I did not enjoy them. Yeah, summertime, right? So nice. Yeah. Oh, well. Now they are nibbling on Italian-grade poison, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, that's, that's better for my grass, at least. Yeah. Right? But speaking about green poison, Stephen... Did you, hear, did you hear the news? I don't know. No, this is a super bad segue. No, but this is somehow green. The android mascot is a green android. So it's I'm, try, I'm trying to link there, but it's not poisonous. It's actually quite fun. So yeah, but whatever. So did you hear that it is now mandatory since I think August to no longer publish APKs? So if you've got a new app that you want to put into the store, it's now all the android app bundles magic thingies so you're telling me that when i ever publish the app that i've been promising for podcast upon podcast yeah i need to now do that in the aav format instead of apk you have to push the release back now this this is too much oh man this this will take me back to next year somewhere yeah yeah but i think i mean usually up to now it was kind of optional like if you wanted to be a better human being i guess you could choose the aav format which has got various improvements like in package size and uh, i think also platform specific builds blah 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 blah. Um, so you could do that but it was kind of optional and now if you got a new app that you want to publish uh, you will have to compile it or, or distribute it as aav and i remember i tried to do it and i think steven i still remember the shouts from your corner when you tried to do it last time and it just would not work but since it's now mandatory, I guess um, a lot of the tooling will have caught up, and it will just be smooth sailing. That's my. I, I hope. I hope. I think I never did it, but I think it was pretty easy to do, right? I think it was just one check mark in Visual Studio. Yeah. Yeah, I think if if you really did build it from Visual Studio, it was just a few boxes ticking and unticking and all that stuff. But if you wanted to do it from CI/CD, it became um, infinitely more challenging. Yeah, if you wanted to do um, it the proper way, and, you know, yeah. the, the the pain way, the uh, the yeah. hard way, which Who is usually that? the right way. I mean, that's what they say in the movies, Gerald. Hard mm. way is the right way. So, same. need to be a masochist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I think I actually build both an AAB and an APK, so that I guess saves me a step in my CI/CD. Nice. So I I know who I can ask, and it's. You can ask, but yeah, (laughs) that's about where that ends. But uh, there was definitely, that was one of the, not necessarily something I I had highlighted as highlight of my week, but um, in in other news, I also saw the .NET MAUI Preview 7 was out a few days ago when recording this. And actually it was Glenn, a good friend of the show, who pointed it out to me that one of the most important things ever has happened now, which is that all the paddings and margins and everything has a default value of zero instead Ooh, of yeah. random arbitrary numbers so that you there, can't make sense of. Was there, a, was there a dance in your end when you received the news from Glenn, whose name I, I cannot uh, pronounce, only the first name? Oh, poor Glenn. No, I, uh, I, drink, I drank a beer or five. <laughs> 
Yeah, can't imagine. Which was weird at nine a.m. But you know, yeah, but hey, yeah. You gotta, I mean, you gotta you gotta celebrate your victories when they come. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's in in that sense. You know why we cancelled the last recording, right? I mean, I was just too drunk. It's, there's no... <laughs> Again, 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 yeah, again, yeah. It happens sometimes. Yeah. The studio is my sobering up place. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but but for the people who who don't maybe not know what this is about, I think in in Xamarin forms, uh, there was for like you said the the, the margins and the paddings and the spacings uh, for some controls, maybe all. I don't know. There were some numbers in there that were just thought up by the developers at the time. Um, nobody knows why, um, but yeah. So I think Stephen, you had kind of a resource dictionary style thing that you would put in each app yep. first, which reset the whole thing to zero, and then start working from there. Um, that's no longer needed because now all the margins and paddings and spacings just have a default of zero, and you have to do all the styling yourself, which makes much more sense, I guess. Yeah, it's it's kind of like this this reset CSS that you typically see, where all sorts of stuff gets reset, so you can start with a clean slate. But uh, yeah, that that is now less necessary because especially thing things like yeah, like especially the frame or something like that that had automatic shadows enabled and and padding of twenty or something, and oh, it's like first you need to reset all of that because. Out of the box, it looks hideous, um, but yeah, that that is gone now. And not anymore. For not anymore. Not, so no, that no was longer, the no. biggest change. At well, the yes. biggest change for you, uh, because <laughs> what what was the other stuff? I, let me think back. I think up till now, for the previous previews, they have been using the kind of compatibility layouts. Um, so still the Xamarin Forms ones. Uh, that's why also suddenly you now see the spacings and the things set to reset to zero. Um, because, you know, you need the layout to show actually something on screen. So um, as kind of a shortcut early on so the team could focus on other things, um, they reset, uh, no, sorry, they used the compatibility um, layer for those layouts first. But now they rewrote, I think, the most important ones, the grid, the stack layout, um, probably some other one that I'm forgetting right now. Um, so yeah, those are now all .NET MAUI native, basically. Um, I think they also, it, it wasn't in there, like in the blog post at least, that we'll link um, if they're actually deprecating it, but the absolute and the relative layout, I think those are, you know, moving to the compatibility layer and are not going to be re-implemented for some time at least. So, you know, there's that. Um, and the other things, I think there was new stuff about accessibility, where it, there's a big focus on for .NET MAUI, so that's really great. A lot of accessibility improvements. Uh, one of the most notable things is that now all the labels by default will also um, take into account the scaling that you might have on the OS level. So in iOS and Android, you can set like, hey, I want to show my fonts pretty big because I can't see um, um, that much. So, you know, you can pump up that font now um, in your OS and, and your .NET MAUI app will automatically take that into account as well. You can opt out if that's what you want, but typically you shouldn't want that. Um, so there's that. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that is going to make people very happy is Visual Studio 2022 Preview 3, which now also has the templates for .NET MAUI. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a I think a big one, a nice one. So now you can click your way through the way how you usually create a project in Visual Studio, and then you can open it 
I know I'm really a big fan. So for me, what Stevens zero margin is, is for me, the uh, auto scale of font. Um, I know that I had to do this in a few apps manually, the scaling, uh, because, well, yeah, some people, they like to have a big font while other ones like to have a really tiny font. And if they are working in the same company and they use the app that you especially provided to them, that could have been a, a real fun thing to do. So, yeah. Um, and I think this is like also a good point maybe to to start checking it out, um, the, the new Maui bits, since it's now even easier than ever to get started with it, at least on Windows it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the maybe even the most interesting thing also about the templates is that there is a wild .NET Maui Blazor app template that has appeared. Uh, which, you know, that was already definitely possible. But with the templates, it's all put together and that helps people to see what the possibilities are. And basically what they did for that is they took a Blazor template, put it in the .NET MAUI template, shoved it into a Blazor web view, and you can run like the exact same Blazor app in your .NET MAUI app and suddenly you have this hybrid app still all writing in C Sharp and, and a little bit of HTML, but um, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, so finally we can write our hybrid apps using C Sharp only and share the state. I mean, I'm, I definitely have to check that one out. I think that one's quite big, uh, especially with all the other goodness that is coming along with the hot reload stuff. But I think we'll get to that in a moment, Stephen. Yeah, because I still wanted to make one last comment on the Maui bits and especially the layouts because, well, I'm a layout kind of guy. But... The, the stack layout now actually has two sort of child type layouts, namely the horizontal and the vertical stack layout. So instead of having one stack layout that also always has to auto calculate what it's supposed to do, which is, well, I guess resource heavy and all that kind of stuff, you can now just say this one is always vertical or always horizontal um, and just use that specific control for that, which is, which is kind of awesome. It's a small improvement and Basically, you probably have to go through all of your stack layouts and, and decide which one you want to use. Or you could still use the, the original one, because especially for maybe a scenario where you have the app running on different formats, um, it might be necessary that on one device it's horizontal and on the other one it's vertical. But still, it's a, it's a nice small improvement. And also, I should say that this flex layout should be used more because it's underrated. And that's I think just... so too. I, th I think so too. It's always like I want to use it, but I then end up using my old habits. That I, but yeah, definitely, definitely something that is in my checkout list. That is getting longer and longer by the minute that we're recording. Yeah, I know, I know. And another item that has popped up on my list is Visual Studio 2019. Now, Visual Studio 2022 is bound to come out sometime. The preview is already out there. And we will talk about that in a second. But with Visual Studio 2019, uh, I think just a few hours before we actually ran into the booth, I saw that I can now install a new version on my uh, Windows PC. And this comes with C Sharp Hot Reload. I think they call it .NET Hot Reload, but it just works for C Sharp. So anyhow, a different, different topic. And you can now do that for the runtime versions. So you cannot do it for Xamarin apps uh, with this version, but you can, if you're writing a console app or an ASP.NET uh, core app, you could use now Visual Studio 2019, make your changes on the fly, hit save, and no more stopping debugging, 
hitting F5 again. That's something I'm really looking forward to. And, I, and I'm pretty sure there are sort of tons of other fixes that came out with Visual Studio 2019, but that was one that uh, I was quite happy to see after this summer vacation. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are some restrictions, though, on uh, at least there were at the time that I was checking it out with the .NET hot reload bits. Um, so, you know, if you, I think at least, like I said, at that time, at least you had to not um, mess with like the, the method signatures. Um, so it only kind of works in the scope of a, a method body, basically. Um, and there were some other things around async and that kind of things. I think um, if you you know start editing there, then it might not be able to apply that. But you know it's still a huge time gain, and it will tell you like with this quickly, it's like hey, you changed this, but you really have to restart to um, make this happen in your code. Uh, I think they're working on making this work uh, on um, um, Xamarin and .NET Maui as well. Um, so that would be pretty epic because, you know, the build times can still be somewhat long for, um, the app sometimes. I think it might already be happening. Um, and that's also where this is kind of based off with hot restart for iOS, um, because that is, I think, interpreted also on the device, um, already a little bit. So I think you can even add new resources there and do all kinds of crazy stuff and it will still pick that up. Um, also, I don't know if this is true for 2019 because I'm on Visual Studio 2022 now most of the time. Um, but there are also definitely improvements for the XAML hot reload. So the kind of like the old hot reload that we know from the, um, Xamarin forms. Um, and you know, it's faster because I think it does it incremental now, like not reloading the full page that you're working on, but just the element that you're working on. Um, and also I don't even have to save anymore, uh, the file. So, you know, I just have to make the change. And by the time that I found where I left my simulator or my emulator on the screen, um, it already updated. So that is pretty cool as well. And like you said, Mark, there's probably a ton of other improvements there as well, but, um, yeah, this is the ones that make our development cycle shorter and our lives, therefore, a little bit better. So this is the most important one for me right now. Speaking about Visual Studio 2022, uh, you brought it up. So I've been using it not as much as I probably would like to, mainly because I'm doing a lot of my development lately on a Mac and I am not yet part of that private preview as of speaking for the new Visual Studio 2022, which Gerald ensures me every time is looking so pretty and- Oh yeah. Yeah. I was I was just telling him, I'm looking at it now and it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's yeah. just, you can see we have, you know, we're here in the same room and I can't, I can't have them peeking on my screen because, you know, it's, it's NDA stuff, but you can see that kind of like, you know, if you watch Pulp Fiction and the, the, the suitcase goes open and there's this glow that comes out of it. That's kind of what you see yeah. whenever I'm looking at yeah. Mac, official uh, Studio for Mac and, 2022. But yeah. And in case you miss that, there's always the drooling that's happening. Yeah, the, I mean, so, all the things. Yeah, well, that's just how that's just how pretty it is. But on Visual Studio 2022 for Windows, uh, there's been a new release. Uh, the version, the preview three, has come out just lately. Uh, and apart from having the Maui templates in there with the Blazor template, which I really have to check out as soon as I get out of this booth, is there are some other improvements that they're doing. So some of them are more minor. Some of them are uh, a bit more. Uh, advanced so we have a lot of the new hot reload experiences so gerald mentioned them before we have the xaml hot reloads that's going on and the dotnet hot reload which is a feature that i've been 
so looking forward to since ever I gotten the word of it. Uh, another thing is like general .NET productivity. So one interesting thing is that nullable reference types are now enabled by default. So that means writing stuff that is null it will be a bit, there's something you have to learn there. <laughs> so that, that might be a bit of a controversial change. So it's only when you create a new project, so it's a project file setting. But if you use Visual Studio 2022 and you add a new project, uh, you will be informed that uh, you should handle your nulls properly. Now, I've in my projects, I have been doing this for quite some time. And there is a first punch in the face when you get started with it because some things are a bit different. Some standards are not quite the same. But once you get over that little hurdle, um, I think it's a really great improvement. Stephen, what's your favorite I, take um, Visual Studio 2022? Regarding the whole null thing, like my, my <laughs> PRs are open, Mark. So if you... Uh, I thought you DMs. Yeah. I thought you DMs. Those are also open, <laughs> but that's for different stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've I've seen this uh, this little nugget where they're basically saying Visual Studio now has support for JavaScript TypeScript type uh, project types. Jesus. How many times can I say type in a sentence? But I, I typically used to do those in, in Visual Studio Code. And I think that experience is just fine for me, to be honest. I don't know. You guys probably both don't really dabble a lot in that area. Um, Only for to a some point. Yeah, yeah, see. So that's, that's I, I found that interesting that they're also putting that offering into uh, Visual Studio full or however that's that's officially called um but it, yeah i just enjoyed the experience already in in code because you have the little terminal and basically you're spending half the time in your terminal and half the time in your uh in your actual editor but that's that's a small thing i found quite interesting that they're doing that yeah uh I think that is is interesting because I know a lot of web developers that I talk with, they use Visual Studio Code but not Visual Studio, but the need must be there, I think. Otherwise, they would not have uh, brought this feature in. And who knows, maybe there is some really cool feature that you're missing out on when using Visual Studio Code instead of Visual Studio. Just just saying. I'll, uh, I'll have to try. Another, another real fun one that I've just seen recently is the drag and drop uh, breakpoint. So in Visual Studio, you can make like these smart breakpoints. So whenever you set a breakpoint, you can add a condition, like only when uh, the variable is above so-and-so or has exactly this ID, only then break. And you can now take that breakpoint and, and move it around as long as it's in the same context. So that is, I think, interesting because before you always would have to then rewrite that entire thing, which was, yeah, a bit of work. And mm -hmm. as you have heard in the intro, I'm quite a lazy person. I like to automate my stuff as much as possible. So yes, even I think even if I would have your mini patch of lawn, I would consider now getting a robo lawnmower. Okay. Okay. Okay, just saying just just a little yeah. one, you know. Tiny one. Just a small cute one. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe but maybe a Speaking of Visual Studio Code, we now also have just launched Fresh of the Press, at least while recording this show, we have GitHub Codespaces. We have already talked a little bit about it, but, um, you know, I've made it. I 
have made it to the GA at least of this thing, so that is pretty awesome. Um, I think it's introduced mm-hmm. now for I don't know GitHub Enterprises and for Teams or something. To be very honest, I don't even know what the offerings are for GitHub at this time. But um, yeah, it, I think it's mostly now open to um, GA for yeah more like the enterprise customers, so not so much the individual developer, um, unless you are part of the preview that has been running for a good time now. Uh, but yeah, so if you've not heard of GitHub Codespaces, which is a pretty amazing solution, um, you can basically run your whole development machine in the cloud. So you just have um, Visual Studio Code, which can even run in the browser, or you can use your Visual Studio Code on the desktop. Um, but you will you know, spin up a code space, which is a Linux container. You can fully customize it with your own Docker things, install all the bits, pull down your repo. You're already logged in with your GitHub credentials, and you can start coding within literally seconds i think you know when i started this a little over a year ago it was like 30 seconds and now it's down to i don't know under 10 seconds a couple of seconds um of course depending on how big your repository is and that kind of stuff there's still going to be um you know performance gains there we're working on optimizations um but already it's it's pretty cool and I've seen because yesterday the launch was whenever we were recording this. So yesterday there were already um, a lot of people on Twitter saying like, I've been trying this. I've been making code changes from um, my iPad. So, you know, you just have to have um, a, a device that can access the internet and you can start going with this. And all the um, compiling, all the compilation, all the heavy stuff is happening in the cloud. So sure, there is some cost there as with anything that you're outsourcing to the cloud. Um, but, you know, that is probably nothing um, in in comparison to the cost of bringing someone up to speed, waiting one week when someone starts a new job to um, get up to speed with installing all the things or, you know, getting then that i9 uh, 64 gig RAM machine and whatnot with 32 cores. Um, and, and you know, that's a big investment in itself. Um, and then they still have to install and, and do all the things. Uh, that's all stuff that you can rid of right, get rid of right now um, with running Codespaces. So pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, one other thing that I've seen, I mean, I've really li- I really like the idea of Codespaces. I just... Um, I, I've already got my i7 machine running smoothly in front of me. So, hmm. but what I sometimes end up doing is I am too lazy to clone a repository down locally and then have a look at it because uh, you can scroll through GitHub on the code, but you're missing out on stuff. So, searching stuff or finding a reference here and there that can be a bit painful. And what I've seen is whenever you're now on a GitHub page, you can just replace the com with a def and boom, that repository opening Visual Studio Code for you right there in the browser. Now Mark, that... you can do it even easier. You can just press the dot button on your keyboard whenever you're on a repository. Hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I think it also works on pull requests. Ooh. Yeah, GitHub is getting better and better by the day with all these nice little features. I did hear, to be very honest, I did hear that some people um, didn't like that it was only the dot button to go to that that kind of VS Code editor, um, where it just, it's basically just a different kind of view for your GitHub repository. Um, although I think you can run your Juniper, is that what it's called? Juniper notebook things 
Um, you can actually run those things now in there as well, um, probably because you don't really need any compute or something uh, that you would get with code spaces. Uh, but anyway, I was talking about the the dot button because I don't know, maybe maybe you will hit that pretty easily, and also maybe something with accessibility or something. Um, I saw some people comment on that, so. I don't know if that's going to change, but um, you can just press that little dot next to the right shift, for me at least, um, and you will end up in a nice little Visual Studio Code-like editor online within seconds, and you can browse through the code and do some other extra stuff. So yes, that is pretty amazing as well. GitHub is on fire. It seems so. It seems so. So this, this moving from GitHub to elsewhere, I woke up yesterday maybe the day before i looked at my apple watch and it said something went wrong updating and i was like what are we updating so is there something going on in that space because i think there is well Stephen, there has been the regular watch update that i've installed without any hitch just saying, showing Aww. you up right here. Um, but my guess is you're not talking about the regular updates. I think your guess is what's going on with the iOS and Apple Watch betas that should be coming live later in the fall, whenever the new iPhones and Apple Watches will be released. And I have it on good authority that our test monkey, Gerald, has gone and bitten the bullet and installed all the betas on his devices. So, Gerald, what are we missing out on? Yes, Mark. I'm a monkey. Uh, yeah, so I've got iOS 15. I just installed the update for beta 5, I think. Um, and it's it's actually pretty, well, it's pretty good in, in terms of stability. Um, there are definitely some nice things in there. But the one thing that I cannot get used to is the new notification stuff. I was actually yesterday looking into how I can disable it because it <laughs> does not work for me. It doesn't work for me. Um, so, you know, I, and, and probably you have to set it up some way because you can now have different profiles. So you can basically set like, Hey, I have this profile for work and I have this profile for private and you can assign apps to one or both, um, uh, one of both. And, um, then, you know, you can, I think you can set kind of like schedules that, um, only the notifications for work should come up between nine and five and the, the personal ones can it's so much work for sorting out your <laughs> notifications, just like you, Mark. I'm a lazy person. I can't deal with all that stuff. That was my first um, thought, like, oh, my God, is there? Yeah. So, and on top of that, you know, like, all the stuff is kind of, like, going together, right? I mean, just with, like, with with Stephen mostly from, from this party, I mean... Whenever I talk to him about, I don't know, one thing, I, I go to WhatsApp. And whenever I want to also share something interesting that Mark might also like, we go to Signal. And in some other setting, I talk to Stephen through Telegram. So it's crazy, right? It all, and and I mean, that's all still all personal. Um, but I also have that with work stuff, right? So for some things, you might reach out to through uh, a channel because... Um, I don't have teams at the time or, or whatever. So it's also not that black and white that one um, app is is for personal and one app is for work, basically. Um, so I don't know. It, it doesn't really work for me. The sad thing is that there doesn't really seem to be a way to say, I don't want all this new notification stuff. Um, so I still have to find a way. I think it's just hmm. setting up maybe one profile that's always active and just shows me everything. Uh, but I still have to find out that. One thing during my quest that I found um, um, with like the notification things that I'm talking about is that there is now a setting. Uh, I think it's added in iOS 15. 
where you can say don't show notifications whenever I'm sharing my screen from the iPhone, uh, which is pretty cool whenever you do sessions with mobile apps. And that's what I tend to do sometimes um, where, you know, you always have to um, be aware or afraid. I don't know. Uh, that you're sharing your screen and you suddenly get notifications from your grandma asking you how, um, I don't know, dinner was last night. I don't know. Or maybe something That's, that must e- even be something more embarrassing. very embarrassing in, yeah. in the Netherlands. Yeah, asking, exactly. Since, I ask questions from your grandmother. Yeah. Since she, was. I mean, she's dead for a long time. So it's going to be, it's going to be awkward, okay. right? I'm going to okay. be scared. Okay, I see um, <laughs> but um yeah, so you know um, that that's a a tiny little feature that definitely comes in handy. Um, but for the rest, the only thing right now that's bugging me, haha, bugging, is that the Twitter app, and it's probably Twitter's fault. I have to start it twice. The first time it crashes, and then the second time it does come up. I don't know why that is. Um, but other than that, I don't have any real issues with iOS 15 and just um, using the new features, really cool. Um, Watch app, that's a whole world of pain on its own because I have the Series 3 and the Series 3 just has enough um, um, disk space to get by, basically. But whenever you want to do an update, it says like, hey, you don't have enough disk space and I can throw away everything, but it still won't have enough disk space. So the only thing that you can do is reset the whole thing then as part of you know reinitializing your um, um, Apple Watch, it's going to say, hey, there's an update. Should I install it for you? Suddenly, magically, there is enough disk space. Um, then it can install it. But yeah, you have to um, reset your whole watch. Uh, it's always, you know, are you going to lose your fitness data or not? Um, that might be, you know, that can be scary for some people. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. If you're, on so, a run, if you're on a strike, right? I mean, if you exactly. if you got like a move call strike going on and suddenly... You're back to square one for the day, and it's been the end of the. Day. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, exactly, that's the exactly. So it's it's crazy, and um, also the other day I noticed I I finally did it. So I was on a very old version, but I had to update. I thought, okay, this is the day. Now I'm gonna do it. And then I was at the supermarket, ready to do my Apple Pay, bloop bloop, and then it said it's not set up. Oh, you have to reset up that also. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's great. And now there's a new update, so I'm just postponing that until. Whenever, I don't know. Yeah. Not in a so while. I, Probably I, until I, I'd buy a new Apple Watch. I think. Maybe. <laughs> I think. I think that's the strategy there. I mean, I've I've got the same Series Three watch, and the f- last couple of updates that I got, which are the regular ones, not the better ones, I managed to put them on. But I have like nothing on there. I got like I think three apps that I use really regularly, and they don't really store any de- data. And if I check who's using the storage, it's like, well, it's not me. It's not me. But still. Yeah. Uh, so and okay. the, the absolutely weirdest thing is I thought I could I could just make it with the disk space if I could get my mail app or something to to delete all the mails but there's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. You can't do it. Um so, you know, I don't know. It's um it's yeah. very I mean first world problems but it's very annoying. <laughs> oh yes. Well, one thing I have to add, so talking about like the presentation mode on iOS, I actually also recorded a video today and I might have mentioned what? it in a previous 
um, I, I was going to say video in a previous episode of this podcast, um, the Your Phone app, where you can kind of like connect your Android device with Windows, um, which is pretty impressive, actually. I needed to mirror my um, Android device the other day. Um, and then you have Pfizer and all kinds of other solutions to do that, which are pretty epic. But Windows 10 and also Windows 11, probably. I think Windows 11 is going to take it a step further. Windows 10 has this built-in thing for your phone where you can access like your text messages and your contacts and a couple of other things um, from your phone. But you can also mirror your screen, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so there's that. If you haven't checked that out, definitely go do that. But then that takes me to Windows 11. Is there any news on the Windows 11 front? Do we still need the TPM chip? Is is there anything new? Nothing? No one? Okay, then I'll just continue talking. So I installed it. I did it uh, because it was... You have like the... I don't know. There's a couple of rings there, and I I wasn't brave enough to go into like you know the proper insider alpha bits. Um, but I went into the beta channel, and there was a um, version available. So you know I installed it, um, but it and it looked pretty. But this is on a service book two, and I can tell you it didn't run very smooth. So Ooh. I don't know if that was my machine or something with the update or something with the beta, um, but it it wasn't great. It was if I right clicked on the desktop, you know, just to get the context menu, that would take seconds to show up. So that's not great. Um, and also, I then went to work uh, work on the the GitHub Codespaces stuff, opened up Visual Studio twenty twenty two, all the previews coming together. Um, but it, it couldn't even properly run it anymore. It seemed like everything was sluggish. I couldn't get it up and running. So I reverted back to Windows 10 uh, because, you know, I needed to do my job. Um, and I must say that went pretty smoothly. It was like within 10 seconds, five, uh, well, not seconds, minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes. Um, I was back on Windows 10 with everything that I was used to. Everything was just working. So at least that was a great experience, kind of. Um, but yeah, so it was a short but magnificent experience with Windows 11. It it looked great, but I don't know if the um, Surface Book 2 is is going to pull it off. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my hands-on review in a nutshell of Windows 11. I think the, the big takeaway there is um, whenever you install preview bits, it, it's always a bit of a, will it really work? And then once you figure out, oh God, this is really not working well right now. These are still a bit too early bits for my machine. I think it's really cool that the downgrading process is so seamless. I mean, I, I didn't hear any swearing from your corner. There were no objects flying around in the room. So I think that's really nice. And it might even give people like me the confidence to go ahead and install Windows 11. Uh, enjoy. I really like the new UI. It looks fresh. It looks really cool. And um, yeah, and if it doesn't really work out, I can still downgrade. That's something to look forward to. I mean, no guarantees, no guarantees. Um, whatever is happening <laughs> on my machine, I don't know what happened in your machines. So don't come calling whenever yeah. things break. Previews will be previews. I'm making all sorts of strange faces, as Mark mentioned, but it, uh, it's mainly because I'm like, this Windows thing, what what are you guys on about? What are you talking about? What is Windows? <laughs> this EXE won't run on my Mac. Why, why are you <laughs> not yet not yet not yet not yet so that that begs the question are we all caught up well well i think we will just have to check the reddits the entire block spaces and the news is and probably catch up on the twitterverse in the time that has happened we might have missed out on 
a few thousand JavaScript packages, but I think from BNews side, I think we're covered. Yeah, and maybe we missed like 10 DMs or yeah. something. And then and then five seconds after we finish recording, there will come a next big announcement and we can whoop, but we'll be here next week, right? Yeah. So. This this win, Windows twelve announcement can wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that wraps up this episode then on all the news that we've missed while we were on a holiday. We've been your hosts, Stephen Davison. Mark Alibone. And Janos Flores. Do you have any news that we missed or you want to talk to us about? Hit us up. Our DMs are open on Twitter at NullPointers.io. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe. And until next week on NullPointers. Pointers.